0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Rangers produce a stunning European comeback to beat Braga at Ibrox Celtic are well placed to progress after a one all draw in Copenhagen And the weather's causing havoc again as St Mirren and Hearts is postponed due to a waterlogged pitch I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Cammy Bell and Hugh Keevans Credit where it is due, it has been a truly remarkable week Two Scottish Cup ties that took four hours to play Brought 15 goals and a penalty shootout Then European drama that defined the meaning of the word But neither Celtic nor Rangers are through to the last 16 in my opinion I would like to know about Scott Brown's availability Before I would declare Celtic favourites against FC Copenhagen And I'd also like to know which version of Rangers will turn up in Portugal on Wednesday the, the unreliable one from the first half last night Or the unbelievable one from the second half What I do know though All credit to both teams Now they have to get the job done Cammy Bell, good to have you along with us On a Friday night On the back of what was yet another massive night Of Europa League action We've had so many this season And they really disappoint Phenomenal week of football for Scottish football It's... Um... No, last night was, was incredible It was um, a great start from Celtic First half, played really well Had loads of opportunities uh, Edward missed a few before he actually scored So we'll see how crucial that'll be over the over the period And then Rangers' comeback last night was phenomenal Incredible um, Looked down and out and tie was over And then all of a sudden it's 3-2 it's and it's game on Phenomenal, incredible What would you like to add? 0141-951-1025 And we are on Twitter as well At Clyde SSB I mean for the, the greater good Hugh The old coefficient We'll dig into oh, yeah. that Overall it, it was a good night We get a draw on the board Celtic are well placed to progress Rangers get a victory It's all rosy as far as well, when I say rosy, it's set up nicely for next week. There are clearly no guarantees, but you would always take an away draw yeah. and a home victory and then take your chances in the second leg. I was very interested in Cammy's take on uh, Odson Edward there. I thought, Cammy, you've been a goalkeeper. Yep. Would have favoured the FC Copenhagen goalkeeper who. <laughs> the goalies union. Who, first half and second half, pulled brilliant, off some great brilliant. saves. I, I thought Edward was very clever because he's, he's goal, his actual goal, he knew the goalie came out and goes down early. And he's just dinked it over him into the corner So it was a, it was a phenomenal finish um, But I think he learnt from the two that he'd previously missed That he was on top of him very quick and he went low um, So Edwards obviously recognised that And dinked it over him for his goal And as you say, Hugh, the second half He, he saved with his foot, was phenomenal oh, yeah. again So he was he was a key part to why Selig didn't win that game And from a Rangers perspective, Hugh There might, and I stress the word might Be a, a bigger picture th- than all of this They want to win the game last night They want to progress mm. in the Europa League But Stephen Gerrard was looking for a performance Or a result which might reignite their domestic season And sometimes they come in w- weird shapes and sizes And you wouldn't have predicted it after an hour Or whatever it was last night but, No, but, but just maybe that's, that's what happened I think there's a tremendous value In getting someone like Yanis Hadji in the January transfer window, where people always tell you you can't get really good players, but you can. And you have someone who has made a material difference. The goal they scored against Hibs at Ibrox kept Rangers alive in the Championship. I think they blew it at Kilmarnock. However, Hadji scored a goal against Hibs and the two last night, uh, which will 
Reignite Rangers at Perth on Sunday They're bound to go into that game With the memory of Braga Still vivid in the mind Let's hear from Stephen Gerrard He says he's proud of the character and desire His players showed to get back into the game He says the match was right up there With his best European moments As a player What did you make of both games? 01419511025 Give us a call right now Still waiting for my heart rate to cool down a little bit um, Fantastic game of football uh, I think both teams played the part We've beat a, a real good uh, Dangerous team tonight I thought Braga were, were outstanding at times tonight and really had some success against us. But the ties, you know, set up really well. Um, it's only half time. Um, we've got huge respect for the opposition we played against tonight because at times they could have hurt us even more. So um, it was an excellent game of football. But I'm really proud of my players. And two 0 down, the character and the effort and desire they've had to put in to turn that uh, scoreline round was was incredible. Well, this is what Ibrox deserves, and this is what. This club deserves, you know, the, the amount of history and big nights that have been here before. It's our responsibility to try and get as many as we can back. And, um, you know, at 2-0, there's a few people leaving. I'm not sure whether that's the weather or the scoreline. There's a bit of negativity behind the bench. Um, but in European football, magical nights happen. Um, I've experienced a lot of them as a player, and I hope I experience a lot more. But tonight was certainly right up there. I love that euphemism. There was a bit of negativity <laughs> behind the bench. In other words, Gerard. Uh, so you know he knows how big a result that was, because at two 0 they did look down and out, and never mind the second leg in Portugal. They were down and out in Govan, uh, but the comeback is proof that you never know the minute in football. Let's put it to Ian, who's a Rangers fan in the city centre. Ian, great. Footballing experience comes in They come in different shapes and sizes Sometimes you'll blow a team away and, and win by four or five But sometimes the most enjoyable Are the ones that you just don't see coming How good was last night? How would you rank that Compared to some of the other European nights you've experienced? Well honestly I mean To be out that stadium last night I've never seen Honestly I've never seen anything like it It was like People were, didn't know one another All high-fiving one another Hugging one another Because Like Hugh says We were down We were out I was thinking, oh, this could be three or four or whatever they want it to be because they were a, a real class side, and uh, I was like, oh my god, this is this isn't going to end well. This is this is going to be a, a real bad post mortem at the end of this. But I mean, what happened to Rangers the second half? I really don't know, man. But I wish it would happen more often. It was that was they were absolutely phenomenal, and I, I I think maybe they I don't know maybe they gave Braga a wee bit too much respect or. Braga just closed us down really quickly and wouldn't let us play and but in the second half we came out with a totally different attitude, more confident and we just threw caution to the wind and managed to come away with a fantastic result. Cammy, it tends to be a bit of both, doesn't it? Braga clearly are a decent side. The run of form yeah. recently tells you that. They're one of the informed team the form team um in Portugal. They were clearly technically very good. And also Rangers did a lot wrong as well. They were a bit sloppy in possession and that, that's that's how we led to the situation Where they were 2-0 down And no one saw a way back Listen, they're, they're third in the Portuguese league And as you say, they're an informed team Very good team as well um, Played some good football Created some good chances I, I, I think Rangers just kind of When they were 2-0 down They kind of went a high press And went went after the ball a bit more Got in their faces a little bit more And, and sort of closed the space down for Braga and, and made it more difficult There was a lot of Rangers still had opportunities before obviously Braga scored uh, 
Morelos had a few chances yeah. um, When Before Braga scored their second goal Morelos had a great chance I think their goalie saved it on the line Kind of got cleared And then they went up the park and scored a few minutes later So there was chances for Rangers I think the ball over the top A kind of direct ball Because they're quite a high line Worked well for Rangers So it's probably something they'll look at Going over you, to Portugal You can see or hear the emotion is still in Ian's voice He's still there yeah. last night you know, it, <laughs> it's, it's just short of 24 hours uh, After the game ended uh, And Ian's still feeling that way Ian doesn't know what happened I think I do know what happened Football happened Because when Ian I don't know if Ian was at Rugby Park But Ian was a goal up against Kilmarnock And then all of a sudden In the last 15 minutes Rangers lost it 2-1 And there was a, an inquest then Into what happened Football happened Some nights It goes against you And some nights It goes for you And It did for Rangers Last night And for that They deserve All the credit Rightly delighted Ian After that result I wonder how confident You are of Of progressing Because You clearly saw You saw both sides Last night You saw the danger For Rangers Of what might lie ahead In Portugal But you also Won the game And you get into The second leg ahead So how confident Are you of progressing Um, No Obviously I'm not I'm not, I don't know, I'm not overly confident, but I'm not down about it either because I think this could, it could really go either way, you know, I mean, it, it was a, it was a game of sort of two halves last night, I know it's an old cliche, but it, it's two, I've never seen anything like it, and it, as you said, it depends what Rangers turn up, but what I saw last night was that every time Rangers seemed to play a high ball, their defence couldn't, they, they couldn't cope with it, they, they, I don't think they won a ball. Every time Rangers played a diagonal long ball, they, they always get in behind them. I think when Rangers played it on the ground, um, until Joe Aribo scored that fantastic goal, I think they had this kind of sussed a wee bit. But every time they played a long ball, they always they always seem to get in behind them. They seem to get caught out. So I don't know if they'll adopt that tactic uh, over in Portugal. But um, I, I think if it, if it would have been two each, if it, the game would have ended two each, I'd have been delighted and. I, I, I don't think we'd get through But 3-2 oh, I don't know who's favourite I don't know <laughs> It's going to be a nervy week for you Ian Thank you to Ian in the City Centre For kicking us off Let's hear from Neil Lennon He says there is a disappointment That Celtic didn't win in Copenhagen After dominating the first half With the tie poised at 1-1 though He says they have to take the positives away from home You know going in one at half time I felt we could have been a, Maybe two or three up um, We give away a poor goal from our point of view And I give Copenhagen you know, a huge lift psychologically. Uh, but I felt on the counter-attack and we had some great chances the second half as well. You know, so I'm disappointed that we haven't come away with more goals. I suppose if somebody had said to you before the game, a 1-1 draw to take back to Glasgow, would you have taken it? I think most people would, yeah. I mean, it's a partisan crowd. It's a, you know, difficult atmosphere to play in. It's uh, loud. Um, I thought the players handled it in the main pretty well. Just the last 20 minutes, they had to dig a lot. Dig in, dig deep, show a bit of resilience. Um, obviously, we lost Brownie as well with a, a calf strain, so we'll have to see how that is as well. But um, in the main, yeah, we're pleased with the with the scoring. Mark and Stirling, are you the type of Celtic fan who is happy with a, a draw away from home and confident of progressing? Or are you a little bit frustrated at not winning a game that you were very much on top in in the first half? Hey guys, yeah, no, no, most definitely. I mean, beforehand, if you had said to me that we were. We're going to come away with a score draw, you know, away from home in Europe. I'd been more than happy with that, definitely. But just I think with the amount of chances that we had and 
I'm actually quite disappointed that we won the game, but overall, yeah, I mean, it's a good, definitely a good result to take away from it. Looks so, like we got two games of two halves. Yeah, Hugh. absolutely, without question. Celtic were terrific in the first half and not so terrific in the second half in Copenhagen. But I think it's a measure of how far Celtic have come under Neil Lennon that there's a measure of disappointment now that they didn't win in Copenhagen. Celtic have taken some sore ones in the past. And that includes the Brendan Rodgers days. And there's no point in anyone saying, ah, that was the Champions League. Celtic qualified for the Champions League, took the money for being in the Champions League and just had to go on with whoever they met in the Champions League. But they didn't. And now under Neil Lennon, there's disappointment because it was only 1-1. But uh, terrific in a variety of ways. Odson Edward, I think now is the best player Celtic have had since Henrik Larsson. The goalkeeper is phenomenal. Seven penalties awarded against Celtic this season. He saved four of them. There's so much about Celtic that is positive and for fans like Mark, so much to look forward to on Wednesday. But I go back to it. I'd like to know about Scott Brown's fitness because for me, he's central to everything Around Celtic The previous caller Called it a cliche Cammy, But you can't really Get away from it In the first half Celtic looked like They could have scored As many as they wanted They were pouring forward Time and time again And the game did Kind of flip on its head In the second half It did After 25 seconds Edward had a chance And should have been 1-0 up The goalkeepers had a good save He's had another couple But as I say He was very very clever With his finish Knew the goalkeeper Was going to go low And dinked over him Into the corner Um but Hugh, I totally agree. Edward is a, a class act. He, yeah. He's a phenomenal player and, and one that Celtic will hopefully try and keep a hold of for a little bit longer. Um, ultimately, I think he'll be the next big one that will go. Um, but no, I think I think Celtic are still in a good place and that's probably down to Fraser Foster as well. It was a huge save that mm. and a great one at that that you got his fingertips and touched on at the post. Um, and as you say, he's been a colossal in the goal for, for oh. Celtic. An absolute mm. phenomenal signing again. Um and he, he really brings a, a huge presence to Celtic And he's, he's, he's been one of their best players this season as well Don't worry, I'll be picking your brains on him a bit later on In more detail Is that something else you took away from, from last night, Mark? The importance of that moment? I mean, I would love to see I hope Celtic do go And just make sure that deal's permanent with Fraser Foster Because I think he's been phenomenal all season He's just been brilliant As you say, even four, uh, four penalties as well He's just been brilliant Mark raises a good point there you know, Cammy was touching upon how much Celtic will one day get for Odson Edward, and it will be substantial. But there must also come a day when Celtic recognise where they stand in the eyes of 60,000 people who go to Celtic Park. They have to do things like get Fraser Forster and pay the money because they have an obligation to the 60,000 who go week in, week out. Uh, and that obligation is to improve Celtic domestically and in Europe Fast start to the show tonight Let's try and squeeze in one more before the travel Thank you to Mark in Stirling Graham is a Rangers fan in Easterhouse Just how would you sum up last night, Graham? Oh, it was brilliant The first half, they, they were really good They were excellent to watch I know you shouldn't be saying that But they were brilliant The second half, I thought We deserved probably what we got I thought they were a lot better but can I ask you something? Of course you can. Hugh, we think Rangers should Davy, Kane and Morelos. Think you should drop them? Or think you should let them try and play through this? Because the two of them are shocking again last night, mate. Well, I'm a little surprised at the Morelos goal drought by his own exceptionally high standards. 
I, I wouldn't pretend to know why that happens other than it's football again and the strikers have a period like that every now and then. Kent, my guesswork is that he's feeling the weight of the transfer fee even though he didn't determine the size of the transfer fee and it's totally out of his hands. Maybe it's weighing in his subconscious but um, there's no Morelos next Wednesday anyway in Portugal. He's suspended. So it's up to Ryan Kent and others to step up to the plate next Wednesday. At the same time, Cammy, you can then you can spin that the other way. Last night, because the the the, the call from Rangers fans in recent weeks has been if Morelos isn't going to do it, someone else is going to have to step up to the yep. plate. They've managed to score three goals against a good Braga side, win the game, and that's with in Graham's assessment carrying a, a less than convincing. Morelos and Kent So in Yanis Hadji You've got someone Who's stepping up to the plate Hadji was a great bit of business In, in January there and, and the thing I would say About Morelos He's still getting the opportunities So they will go in the back of the net soon. He's, he's too good a player To keep missing these opportunities And, and they will end up In the back of the net It is a period that Sometimes strikers have And they just can't Find the back of the net He just needs one goal To kick him on again And, and hopefully He doesn't get too frustrated With himself Because sometimes You try too hard uh, But I'm quite happy that he's still getting the opportunities But as you say, Kent's going through a, a difficult period at the moment as well uh, Whether it is the, the transfer fee or is it that sort of sort of winger uh, mentality Where you, you have bad periods and, and you need to pick yourself up um, But as you say, somebody needs to step up next week Because Morelos isn't going to be there And um, it's, it, they need one of the big players to, to come to the plate Just finally, Graham, how confident are you of going through? Well, if we play the way the first half, it will not be. There's no chance, but if we defend better than do what they done in the second half, it might be a wee chance, aye. A wee, a wee chance. A wee chance. We'll leave it there. That was Graham in Easterhouse. Good time for you to get involved. 01419511025. Put your thoughts to Hugh Evans and Cami Bell. We're going to get travel with Stephen, then hear from Neil Lennon and Stephen Gerrard next. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Getting you full compensation is their goal. Talk to Thompson's.com. It's Hugh Evans and Cami Bell taking your calls tonight. We are also on Twitter at Clyde SSB. Scott McFarlane's been in touch. He says, I tweeted last night that. If we concede We don't qualify I don't know what to think now <laughs> Didn't think the team Had that performance in them After recent efforts They got momentum Made it count Hopefully they won't Give up easily now Fair play And on the other side Tony says If Brown is missing I still back us to win The game at Celtic Park With a couple to spare We get brought down a level In the second half Complacent We have the players To hurt them And I expect to do so At Celtic Park So that's just some of your views on Twitter Let's hear a bit more From the managers Fraser Forster Pulled off another Penalty save And um, Perhaps sig- More significantly It was the first VAR incident We've yeah. had Hugh For any of our Scottish teams Ryan Christie Punished for a handball The manager however Says he can have No complaints He's, he's brilliant But You know that's the end Of the work that he And Stevie Woods do Behind the scenes You know um, and I have no Real complaints About the penalty It has come off Ryan's arm And then Unnatural position, if you want to call it that, and he's 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 done brilliantly for us. He's made a magnificent save. I felt it would have been really harsh on us, like they've lost the game with the amount of chances, and particularly the first half performance. But um, you know we got the away goal, so the tie set up nicely for going back to Glasgow. We'll do the penalty save and, and penalty saves in a bit more detail later, but just specifically on that, Hugh, because it was a big moment. It's the first time we've seen VAR involved with one of our Scottish clubs. What did you make of it? Neil Lennon had no complaints. I think that Celtic and Rangers fans believe that the introduction of VAR 
would mean that they were no longer victimised by referees who had it in for them all along. Uh, sometimes VAR means that you'll get caught. And Ryan Christie was caught by the letter of the law. It's a penalty. Uh, but once again, Fraser Forster, he won a cup final for Celtic earlier in the season because of a penalty save from Alfredo Morelos. And that's why I go back to the earlier caller's point. Time for Celtic to just pay up and get Fraser Forster as a permanent Celtic player once again. Yeah, Cammy, this new handball rule, if you like, or the modifications they've made to it, I think clearly players must be frustrated by that because you know you, there's no way Ryan Christie can do anything else. But if you read the letter of the law, it's, it's, it's quite clear that it's a penalty. No, that's it. I mean, Ryan Christie's jumping for a header and his arms kind of, as you say, it's... An unnatural position But what is a natural position When you're jumping for a header To try and defend uh, a corner It's I mean IFAB have tried to, to put a few sort of Clarifications on it And particularly anything That involves the arm being Above shoulder height Is a is a real no-no but, And yeah. they, they, they even specify Funnily enough Which was exactly what happened last night They even specify That it's still an offence If it comes off an opponent Who's standing close to you It's difficult though It's difficult to jump without your arms And to get to sure. get your height So and then obviously Once your arm's up And then it's coming back down Beside you To your side And the ball could hit it then And again Ryan Christie Doesn't know anything about it last night But as you say The letter of the law says It is a penalty And, and that's what we're just Going to have, have to accept Simple rule of thumb If it'd be an FC Copenhagen player the Celtic players, oh, yeah. management yeah. and supporters were away screaming for a penalty. Just store it up because somewhere down the line that'll be a beat the pundit question. Yes. Who was the first Scottish player to be penalised with VL? I'll get it wrong. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. James is a Celtic fan from Aberdeen. What did you take away from last night, James? Um, well, I'm actually phoning up to say something a bit controversial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm actually phoning up to congratulate both the... Uh, um, Glasgow teams, Rangers and Celtic, based on their performances last night and based on what they've done throughout Europe this whole season, I think they've put Scottish football right back on the map. And um, uh, we're playing the same kind of calibre team that Man United are playing, Arsenal are playing, Wolves are playing, and we're beating them. And I just think it's an absolute, you know, godsend what they've done and they've risen our coefficient and it looks like we're going to get two Champions League spots uh, 21 to 22 and I, I really That's pretty much What I'm wanting to Talk about Well it's a very Magnanimous point of view James And I congratulate you For being Good enough to come on And make the point I think sometimes We get fooled Into thinking that uh, The wilder More extreme elements On social media Actually represent How the fans of Celtic and Rangers Think they don't The majority I'm sure Of Celtic and Rangers fans Feel the way you do And last night Would have thought yeah, fair play to both of us Because it's a, a good result for Celtic With the second leg in mind And Rangers now have something to cling on to in Portugal uh, So, once again, I congratulate you And your point is bang on Yeah, James is bang on, Cammy. Um This is a first for you on a Friday night But we've been here so many times this season It's so encouraging that every It seems like every Europa League match day we've had We come back on on the Friday And everyone feels good about themselves You can't win all the time, but whether it's a good draw somewhere Getting to the groups in the first place Progression beyond the groups Celtic and Rangers have had Proper good European campaigns this season oh, They've been brilliant They've been phenomenal It's uh, It's been a great campaign for Scottish football And long may it continue Hopefully both of them can get the job done next week It's going to be difficult But listen, when you get to this stage of the competition It's always going to be difficult It's not going to be a walk in the park So 
they've both got an opportunity to get over the line um, next week and and I, I think they can both genuinely do it I, I really do I, I know there's a lot of Rangers fans out there don't know what Rangers turn up but when when they've been asked the question in Europe they've they've genuinely answered it this season um, and next week they'll be asked the question again they need big performances from players Al McGregor will need to be on top form which he normally is um, the defence will need to shore up and tighten up and you'll need to look from big performances from your players like Ryan Kent that was spent a lot of money on so um, but I definitely think they've got, got enough in the bank to do it and and against Celtic as well I think I think they're, they're in a good place for, for going through next week Do you think they'll both do it James? I know you're particularly interested in, in Celtic's chances uh, Do you think well, they'll both do it? I, I'm, 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 after last night um, I think Celtic will definitely um, get through I'm quite confident about that Rangers, if they turn up like they did in the first half they've got absolutely no chance if they turn up like they did in the second half um, they'll get every chance and I guess what I'm you know just with the kind of social media thing with the English kind of part you get for down south at our leagues pub leagues and all the rest of it and this kind of puts us back out there to say no we're here for a serious challenge and we're, you know, we're just as good as your guys down south and actually I hope that we draw one of the Man United's or Wolves or Arsenal's if we get into the next round as well just to I think this whole week in Scottish football, James um, With the two Scottish Cup ties that took place And the two Europa League games that took place Show up the glorious unpredictability of football And I I do mean glorious Because if every game was decided in advance If we knew that St Mirren would beat Motherwell Or Aberdeen would beat Kilmarnock Well, not much point in going but there's a glorious unpredictability And Celtic will Take that into their game Against the FC Copenhagen and Glasgow And Rangers 24 hours earlier Will take it into their game In Portugal Against a Portuguese side Who since their new coach took over Have beaten Porto twice Beaten Sporting Lisbon twice And beaten Benfica In the Stadium of Light So Glorious unpredictability here we come Good man James in Aberdeen Showing us the positive picture For both sides Stephen Gerrard's hailing The magic spark That Yanis Hadji provided To help Rangers last night He also says he can't get enough Of Joe Aribo After his contribution off the bench He's an outstanding talent I think that stage is made for him You know there was a lot of pressure On him tonight His dad's in the crowd For the first time at Ibrox He's got, he's got fight in him He's not just a talent He's got fight He wants to win He doesn't like getting beaten you know, it was him who provided the magic and the spark to get us back into the game. I mean, the first goal was outstanding to cut in on your left foot, which I think is his weak one, but I'm still not sure. Um, but it's an excellent finish. And to have the audacity and the confidence to try the second one from, what was it, 30-odd yards out, we get a bit of luck. But sometimes in this game, you'd have to make your own luck, and he certainly deserved that. I absolutely loved Joe Rebo tonight for a couple of reasons. One, because he never sulked when he wasn't in the eleven. He was positive in the dressing room. And when I asked him to come on and do a job, he was super ready. He was more than ready. And he epitomised everything that we were about in the second half. He played out of position. He played in more than one position. Never complained, got on with it. He had a massive, outstanding contribution tonight. I'm so proud of him. I'll have a bit of Joe with Ebo anywhere I go. James and Barhead, talk to us about Yanis Hadji. Yeah, uh, really impressed. Um, I spoke to him when he first uh, signed for us. Uh, hope the type of player he was going to be. Um, I think he's, he's already exceeded the expectations. Really good to, to see. Uh, but my point's more about trying to get him and Ken on the same team. Um, I just think that they're very similar in what they kind of bring to the team. And I think losing that balance on the other side of the front three, um, losing a bit of dig. Like, for example, if Arfield was playing further up, he could kind of add a bit of steel to midfield. 
I just it's uh, I don't know if it's maybe tipping it too far, so maybe drop Kent for a, a couple of games and put uh, Hadji in with somebody a bit stronger up front, which is one of my youth guys thought. Cammy Bell, I think that's one for you. Um, yeah, I mean Ryan Kent's obviously struggling at the moment for a little bit of form. Um, but again, I've said it before, wingers sometimes dip in and out of form. Uh, whether he's just having a little bit of a bad period at the moment, it's maybe it's maybe not a bad idea for him to miss a, a game or two. Um, and you get that impact that he comes on off the bench. Um, but Hadji's a he's a real steal. I think they've they've done a real good bit of business in January there. As you said before, that it's sometimes difficult to get players in January um, of a quality. And Rangers have really done that. I think that's that's something that they've been working on over the last sort of sort of year since, um, well, not even a year, nine months maybe since Ross Wilson's been talked about to come back on the scene. They've worked on the recruitment department, um, and and he's obviously one that he's brought in. You like that line from Stephen Gerrard, who he came in on his left foot, which I think is his strongest <laughs> yeah. foot. That's yeah. a nice problem to have. A yeah. nice dilemma. You know, when you bring them in the January transfer window, you have to hope. In fact, you expect them to make a material difference to January, February, March, April and May. Hadji uh, won Rangers valuable points against Hibs. He's now won them uh, an advantage to take to Portugal in the Europa League. Therefore, he has made a material difference. He's got to do it week in, week out. Remember, he also was part of Kilmarnock and not winning there. Uh, but... He has made a material difference on two big nights at Ibrox. What do you think, James? Yeah, I've just it was going to ask a quick question about his. Is there an option to buy in uh, July? Because I think last year when we brought in Defoe and Davis in January, um, it took him a little bit of time to get up to speed. But I think the two of them since the start of the season have been uh, so input's been brilliant. And I think although Hadji started really quickly, I think if we've got an option to buy for next season, um, yes, puts us in a really really strong place. So. Is there an option to buy them? Yeah, yeah, but I believe that there is. That was something that was widely reported when he signed on that initial six-month loan. Cami, and the interesting thing about him so far, the Rangers fans who get in touch with us, I'm sure would admit that there are still times within games, it's early days, you know, he's maybe not dominated full games yet and he's getting really up to speed with the Scottish game. But if you're talking about contribution, the goal that he scored against Hibs, we had a caller describe it as the goal which kept Rangers in the, in the title race at the time. And now those two goals last night So for someone who might not yet be Fully up to speed He's certainly having quite a contribution He's having huge contributions uh, As you said that goal at Hibs was, was massive for him that day um, And it really sparked him into life as well And, and last night he's kind of dragged the tie by himself By scoring that cutting inside and shooting with his left foot um, and, and and that's kept the tie alive for Rangers at the moment um, And they went on obviously To get that lead to take over to Portugal But no, I think people need to give him a little bit of time to get um, up to speed to be able to grab games by himself and 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 go and go and win games by himself. But for me, he's made a, he's made a great start to his Rangers career. There are not many genuinely two-footed players about, no, are there? No. And I'm not I'm not saying it's the be-all and end-all because some people are so good with one, but you just can't really think of many. Super super talented that he can obviously he can take corners where he's right and he's left, and obviously he's taking free kicks. He's that confident. He looks a real real confident player as well. So um, I'll be interesting to see how he does between now and the end of the season. James and Barhead, we thank you very much for the call. It's that time of the night we get some more travel with Stephen, which means you can give us a call on oh one four one nine five one one zero two five, and we'll use Hugh Keevan's favourite c word after the break. <laughs> That's coefficient, by the way, just for anyone that's wondering. 
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. They play to win every time. Talk to Thompson's.com. Cammy Bell and Hugh Evans are here looking back on a big and dramatic night in Europa League for both Celtic and Rangers. Both pretty good position wise to go through next week. But it'll be a huge week building up to that one Then we'll get the action Wednesday and Thursday Remember, split across the two days next week The coefficient, Hugh I said it was your favourite C-words oh. I saw your eyes light up um, We're up to 14th place After Cognac at the, at the moment And we do look set to stay in the top 15 now That would give us a second Champions League place For the 21-22 season Now, Denmark are one of the sides above us yeah. So, if Celtic beat Copenhagen next week We could even go up to 13th and that brings with it further benefits because you're then looking at sort of guaranteed group stage football, if you like, because you miss out the first couple of qualifying rounds. Someone would be in the playoff round and therefore at worst you drop into the Europa League groups. Hopefully you progress to the Champions League group. So again, we know how rivalry works. If Celtic fans want Rangers to lose, fine, no problem. Vice versa, no problem. But for us, we can take a step back and say our stand, the standing of our game within UEFA is growing as a result of these results. You have to rise above the extremist element. But, but to be fair, it's, it's not necessarily extremism. That that's how rivalry works. That's okay. It, that that doesn't have to be a big shock. But for well, us, let, let's let's let us take a look at the big picture. European football is supposed to be about sophistication, about going to somewhere uh, that takes you away from your own domestic environment, which can sometimes be uh, repetitive because of the number of times you play each other. However. Now we are moving in a very positive direction and Celtic and Rangers are to be applauded. Since Neil Lennon took over Celtic, Europe's got better for Celtic. Since Steven Gerrard came to Rangers, he has definitely lifted their standing. No more losing to the fourth best team in Luxembourg. Now you're beating the third best team in Portugal. Yeah, Cami, that clearly is quite an incentive there. What's the main bugbear that we get every summer? Why do we need to play all these qualification rounds? Well, we don't. We won't any longer if we can continue to raise the, the coefficient, potentially two Champions League places, and an extra team in Europe, a fifth team in Europe overall. Oh, definitely. I think um, Scottish football's in a really good place at the moment, uh, looking at European-wise. Uh, Celtic and Rangers doing brilliantly and a great position to... To qualify next week If if they both put in good performances I'm I'm sure they will go through um, But no, I, I just think that this week um, Scottish football's really showing a, a, a good shining light And it's been brilliant to, to watch the cup ties and, and everyone talking about Scottish football In a positive manner again And, and then last night was, was just the, the the icing on the cake It was it was a brilliant night Obviously Celtic were 1-0 up and then, and then drew the game But as Neil Lennon said You would take that result over And over there and then the, the comeback from Rangers was phenomenal mm. as well So no we're in a really good place And I, I really do hope both teams progress next week Because it keeps interest It keeps everyone talking in Scotland about Scottish football Again for another period of time Absolutely that was Cammy Bell Hugh Keevans is alongside him And Jerry and Bothwell wants to put a point to the guys Hi Jerry. Good evening guys uh, Hugh and Cammy and Gordon uh, I just Right, the the penalty last night for Celtic was, uh, sorry, sorry for Copenhagen mm-hmm. It was a definite penalty But why did they get booked? Is this a A thing that they've got to do? Or is it just up to the referee to uh, I'm going to book them? Yeah I mean I think it does Go down uh, it kinda ha- I think Jerry it has to go down as a 
a bookable offence. I had a look through at the time, and, and the one that jumps out. So under, and this is IFAB, you know, the sort of rule makers, if you like, under their disciplinary action, there are various offences. The one which applies, you would imagine, to, to Ryan Christie, it says that if a player handles the ball in an unsuccessful attempt to prevent a goal, it's a bookable offence. Now, I, I know that sounds extreme. I know you're sitting there thinking. Well, he, he didn't mean to prevent a goal. He wasn't. Tr- he, he wasn't trying. To... Yeah, but that—that's the problem, though, Jerry. For for you, is the way they've sort of rewritten or, or reinterpreted the handball rule. Intent has kind of been taken out of it. They're more interested in uh, outcome rather than intent. And and Hugh, that whether whether it sits well with you or not, that's the bit that would apply to Ryan Christie. Handles the ball in an unsuccessful attempt to prevent a goal. I can see why people have a bit of a problem with that, but ultimately that's still applicable, is it not? I always go back to the phrase, the law can sometimes be an ass. And it is in that particular instance. Uh, It's also, I'm against punishing anyone twice for the same offence. You know, you've conceded the penalty, you've been caught, if you like, and it's a penalty. The booking's your second punishment for Nah me. but you could apply that to any foul Then you bring someone down in the box you, you, Or you bring someone down anywhere You give away the free kick You get a booking That You, you, can't, take, say, you can't take that out of it I dare say Jerry wouldn't feel quite as bad Were it not for the fact that That booking puts Ryan Christie Out of the game uh, Against FC Copenhagen You're correct Yeah Yeah and Cammy That is obviously That's the three. frustration That's would... three punishments Jerry <laughs> <laughs> I know sir I know That That is the frustration Cammy, Because we, we do take it back to I think everyone knows That, that Ryan Christie Didn't try that That there wasn't intent Unfortunately for him It doesn't seem to matter anymore And then the booking Which triggers the suspension as well Yeah I mean I said before uh, For me it's a It's a harsh penalty But Going by the rule book It is a penalty And that's what you're going to get with VAR It's um Unnatural position But as I said before How does Ryan Christie Defend a corner He's trying to jump To get as much height as he can He's going to use his arms To, to gain his height When he's jumping um, And his arms coming back down And the ball hits his arm It's a difficult one it, For me if you look at Letter of law It is a penalty But yeah. as a as a football player it, it, For me It's not a deliberate handball He doesn't know That ball's even hit his hand To be honest And just to drive you A bit more nuts Hugh One of the quirks Of this, uh, this handball rule if it had come off his own head uh-huh. And then hit his hand It wouldn't have been a penalty yeah. But because it comes off the opponent's head Who's right. what A yeah. foot away yeah. It is And you can you can see why players must be Besides themselves with frustration Yeah I don't think VAR Will come to Scotland uh, I, I don't think that the Scottish Well I know Jerry. I mean that I don't think the Scottish fan is Up for this idea I don't think it's up to the fans no. though No but oh, but if you go to Peter Lawwell today and say, well, Peter, do you fancy chipping in for VAR? I think I know what the answer is. There's too many flaws in it at the moment. Uh, for me, even down in England, that has got the most money in the world, the Premier League, and, and they can't get it right down there. So, I mean, we're going to bring it up here. I, I think we're better leaving it alone until it's a system mm. that actually works and, and we're happy with bringing it into our game. As much as we might not like the, the, the handball rule, Hugh, to be fair, it is implemented slightly different in Europe to what we're used to in the English Premier League and it was a bit cleaner last night. Yeah. At least the referee got word. He then went over, yeah. he looked at the pitch yeah. side monitor and he saw what everyone else saw. He saw the ball strike Ryan Christie's arm and then he came back on and awarded the penalty. That That's at least a better version than what we're used to with the referee just getting word and then giving the decision. I accept that. I think everyone, uh, when they looked at the, the replay, before the referee had completed his run up to the halfway line, Everyone knew, you knew it was a penalty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Okay, that seems like a good point to leave that there. Thank you very much to Jerry in Bothwell for getting in touch tonight. Hopefully, speak to you soon, Jerry. It takes us up nicely to time for this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun for the best football news and opinion online. TheScottishSun.co.uk/slash/football. It is beat the pundit time. The great thing about beat the pundit is when we get a new pundit into the studio, I, ju- I just leave it. I don't even mention it. I don't even know if Cammy Bell knows what beat the pundit is. Hugh, he's shaking his head. He's a, he, he might. He might <laughs> oh be about yes, to find he's a, out. You're tossing the coin away. He might be about to find out. And if you want to try and take advantage of debut nerves from from Cammy Bell, or maybe even take advantage of. Uh, the veteran in the corner, Mr. Keevens. This is your chance to beat the pundit. 01419511025. Now, of course, tonight is an extra special beat the pundit as it has been all week. Just for getting through, even if you have a stinker, you're still getting a pair of tickets to an evening with Larson, Sutton, and Hartson at the SSE Hydro on the 4th of May. 01419511025. Give us a call before 7 o'clock. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Compensation you deserve. When there's been foul play, talk to Thompson's.com. Cami Bell and Hugh Evans here with me, Gordon Duncan, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. As you would expect, the first hour spent largely looking back on the big night in Europe last night. Celtic and Rangers both getting pretty positive results, looking fairly good with a chance of progressing next week we've still to hear from the likes of Yanis Hadji and Ryan Christie so if you've got thoughts on last night this is a great time to get them in and what about the weekend's action a game off tonight between St Mirren and Hearts big Lanarkshire derby on the Astro tomorrow so that one should be okay 01419511025 and we could be speaking to you after this Beat the Pundit with the Scottish Sun For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash football I'm looking forward to this I'm just thinking of some of the memorable debuts we've had on Beat the Pundit <laughs> who, who, Who's in the zero club, Hugh? I think, has Craig Beatty had a zero? Andy Little had Mark, a zero Mark Wilson I'm not sure I'm not sure even he's stooped that low before Willie, Willie McStay Yeah, we're going back a few years But we've had a few zeros We don't even know if it is going to be Cammy Bell We're just trying to put a bit of pressure, no pressure on him Just to see how he feels I'll tell you who it will be It'll be Paul in Port Glasgow How are you tonight, Paul? I'm fine, thanks Gordon, how are you? Good, thank you And even, be- you, even better now, Paul Because you are off to see Larson, Sutton and Hartson at the Hydro on the 4th of May Sound good? Great, that's, that's what I'm phoning for. Ah, there we go. The, I, I was hoping he was going to say he was really phoning for the signed Super Scoreboard no, I ball. It, I yeah. want the same ball as well. All oh, right, okay. Yeah, well. good save. Keep digging, Paul. Um, we will give you. <laughs> we will give you the ball <laughs> if you can beat the pundit. But you're off to see uh, that famous trio at the Hydro on the fourth of May. I'm going to toss the coin. If it's heads, it is game 754 for Hugh, and if it's tails, it's game one for Cami Bell. Let's find out. Saved by the coin It's heads ah. so if, Clearly there's great integrity in here Hugh Because I really should have just fixed I'm that a wee bit gutted and made, <laughs> and made him play um, You've done alright in the first hour So we'll maybe have you back And you can get another go at it So let's <laughs> let's give Hugh some Clyde 2 to listen to That's it He's stepping away from his mic Paul Very dramatic as you would expect You've got 30 seconds Head to head with Hugh You can pass Here is your chance to beat the pundit Are you ready? I'm ready thanks Let's do it who was the last non-British or Irish manager of Hibs? Pass What year did Ryan Christie get his first Scotland cap? 2015 Gary Bolan is the manager of which Scottish League 2 side? Derry United Who scored Rangers winner against Braga last night? Uh, Hadji Which team plays at Shieldfield Park? Alawa Who's the manager of Inverness? 
John Robertson Where did Celtic sign Neil Lennon from back in 2000? Leicester Okay, let's bring Hugh Keevans back Hugh, can you hear us? I can You ready? Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock Who was the last non-British or Irish manager of Hibs? Uh, Pat Phelan What year did Ryan Christie get his first Scotland cap? Uh, 2015 Gary Bolan is the manager of which Scottish League 2 side? Forfa Who scored Rangers winner against Braga? Uh, Hadji Which team plays at Shieldfield Park? Berwick Who is the manager of Inverness? John Robertson Where did Celtic sign Neil Lennon from back in 2000? Northern Forest what was, the, what was the original name of Livingston when they were founded in 1943? Ferranti Medibank Ferranti Thistle Now We're going to have a serious stewards inquiry on our hands Because you made a mess of a few of those Producer Andy's going to have to have the final say Let's find out Who was the last non-British or Irish manager of Hibs? Where does Pat Fenland come from? Ireland Therefore yeah. It's not him It's um Would you really take a guess at that Cammy Bell? It's a tough one no. Mixu Patalina. Oh, so none of you got it. The year Ryan Christie got his first Scotland cap, for some reason you both went 2015, I think, but it was 2017. A bit later. Gary Bolan is the manager of Cowden Beath. So you've got a League Two expert. Uh, who scored Rangers winner? Yanis Hadji. That's when you both got up and running. I was a bit worried we were getting the first uh, yeah. nil-nil of all time. Yanis uh, Hadji won all. Who plays at Shieldfield? It is Berwick. So well done to Hugh He goes in front to one The manager of Inverness Is John Robertson You both knew that So Hugh's still in front Where did Celtic sign Neil Lennon from In 2000? Leicester I think that's what I would have said Leicester. It is Leicester um, I didn't Paul, listen to that carefully Paul, Paul got it And you did not So that's you level I think is it? Yes Three all On to What was the original name Of Livingston When they were founded in 1943? It is Ferranti Thistle But I'm now really confused Because we always say Take the first answer And he said Ferranti first Then he changed it to Meadowbank <laughs> Then he changed it back Wow you see Do you want to take the first answer? <laughs> I think we just I think we just send you To the tiebreaker For, for the confusion What a camera That's a good show I think yeah. it's only fair Isn't it Cammy? You yep. agree with that? I think it's, I think it's only fair What a carb up <laughs> It would help if you just Made up your mind For goodness sake Right here's the deal Going to read the tiebreaker question Paul, I will get Hugh to write his answer down And I'll then invite you to give me your attempt, okay? Okay Good man, the question is this Hugh Keevans Celtic have the best goal difference in the Scottish Premiership What is it? Write down Celtic's goal difference please And show me your bit of paper Okay Wow, okay Uh, Paul, what are you going for? 49 49 Hugh Keevans has gone for 18 18 They're the top scorers in the league They're banging them in for fun You're not even that close either Paul But you're closer than Hugh The answer is 63 oh, Cammy Bell got it, it right I on it. He mouthed it to me during the So much so that I was worried Hugh Evans was going to hear you 63 You said 49 Paul And the sign ball is on its way to Port Glasgow Thanks very much In a canoe well, If the nice weather's in You're still the man Hugh You're still the man Good for you Paul Enjoy your night with Lennon and Hartson and Sutton and That's Larson No Lennon You've got Lennon in the brain Because no, but, of the question but Lenny He was, might be there Lenny was Hartson's pal And Sutton's <laughs> pal And Larson's pal Brilliant Paul and Port Glasgow Not only winning the tickets To the evening With Larson, Sutton and Hydro But getting a signed ball Off Hugh Keevans As well I'm afraid that is the end Of that competition For this week It's been really popular Thanks for taking part And you can still get your tickets On the SSE Hydro website 
Ferranti Thistle eh? I know But You see what I mean Cammy I wouldn't have got that Integrity He, he spoke about integrity earlier on <laughs> I gave Ferranti <laughs> as my first answer And I am pulled up for it uh, You know the way this works The blame Gets passed from me To the Canadian Through the glass Producer Andy He was shaking his head He was wagging his finger Look at him He's in there I'm giving him a lift home <laughs> No you're not You're sharing a taxi <laughs> I've heard you Carving it up The shock When Cammy Bell Entered the studio tonight Realising that Hugh Might not get a lift home So he's got himself a taxi Just in case you were all Worried about him Out there Because I know that I know that he's worried about him uh, On a Friday night We should have had Friday night football I was really looking forward To building up to this one It was a huge game One of the teams in particular Had quite the week But unfortunately The rain has got the better of us And St Mirren against Hearts Is off Richard mm. Is in Paisley A bit of a sore one Richard But not much you can do Nah there is no The weather's, the weather's not great There's roads out the lot um, I think the pitch is I've no doubt that the pitch is Absolutely unplayable tonight But I thought we established last week That the rule was That they need to try and play Within 24 hours And I've, I've, I've been keeping my eye on social media I keep my eye on the club website And all that I'm not hearing anything about a pitch inspection tomorrow and there's been the announcement that, you know, it's but, going to get rescheduled but, for tomorrow. But you've used the word rule. There is no hard and fast rule. Uh, Rangers made their case when the game against Livingston had to be called off because of the weather and uh, the SPFL took a decision uh, based on the fact that they couldn't squeeze Rangers mm. into another midweek due to European commitments so that th- th- there, there is no rule that says... If it's off on Friday night You play on Saturday If it's off on Saturday You play on Sunday Yeah it really is up to the clubs And the SPFL To try and come up with A suitable date Richard And I know there was a bit of A bit of disagreement last week Because some wanted it Sunday And some wanted it Monday But, but by and large It's just down to the clubs To, to come up with a, a suitable date A couple of things To maybe factor into that as well Will it be playable tomorrow? Probably not And also was the game Not due to be in television tonight? Yeah, so you wouldn't, so you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want to re- you couldn't really you wouldn't reschedule a game for tomorrow then and and then your your club would miss out by by not getting the game on TV so well they're, they're not allowed to they're not allowed to broadcast it on a Saturday yeah. are they well unless um, yeah, unless it was a different thought, time I, I thought from listening to the show last week that there was a UEFA a UEFA, a UEFA directive that had been issued you no, know the no, games no, are supposed no. to be played within. Within 24 hours so. No far, far from it it's really just I think it just suited both parties because if if you think about it this week. For instance, um, Rangers couldn't they couldn't have rescheduled it this week because they've got Europa League commitments. They then couldn't have rescheduled it next week because they've got Europa League commitments. I think there's already another midweek fixture in. Rangers have still got a game in hand to play, so every club's different. It's just about trying to to find their own needs. St and Mirren and Hearts will have a free week that they can squeeze it in. And UEFA have no jurisdiction over a domestic matter like this. Oh, I don't I don't I'm not sure. I don't no, want to go down I, that road. But. No, I don't think we can. The, the, you know, we are self-policing. Uh and if a decision is reached to play a game 24 hours after it was originally postponed then okay, but that was taken by the SPFL. It's simply not a UEFA matter. Yeah, you can call me a cynic, Richard, but after going to extra time and penalties the other night, could you not be doing with a bit of extra rest? I think we probably could. It was just my understanding of the the, the ruling, la- you know, last week's arrangement uh, between Livy and uh, Rangers. I was just looking for, you know, if that was, if that was my understanding was it was a UEFA directive. No. So I was just saying for consistency's sake, you know, because all we argue about is consistency, and we all yeah, know but, where we stand. Yeah, listen, you've, been, you've been misled, Richard. You keep saying that that you know this UEFA that's just simply not the case. So consistency doesn't really uh, come into it. It is a shame though, Cammy, because it was. 
If you look at the table It was set to be an absolute cracker St Mirren in 10th Three points Ahead of Hearts Or bottom St Mirren have played a game less I think everyone was looking forward to it But one of those things Yeah I mean The weather's been horrendous For the last few days uh, I don't think it's to get Too much better Over the next 24 hours So it, it, it probably makes sense That the game's off this weekend I'm sure it'll not be The only one that That gets cancelled I think there'll be a few off tomorrow um, But St Mirren obviously off the back of a, a kind of gruelling game on Tuesday night um, Again you could flip it and say that they might be in a good place Momentum, they, yeah, yep, confidence And, and, and uh, they had a good result So uh, maybe they were desperate to get on To try and get the three points tonight And, and kind of get away from Hearts a little bit Have you come down from cloud nine after Tuesday night yet Richard? I'm still buzzing over it <laughs> I'm going to get my tickets tomorrow for the Aberdeen <laughs> ticket, ticket office is opening early So I'll nick down and get a couple of tickets for that Good um, man yeah, yeah, I'm bouncing over it Good stuff, that was Richard and Paisley Unfortunately no game for the St Mirren fans tonight We await uh, the announcement for the rescheduled game In fact, I think St Mirren already have that rescheduled game At Fir Park on Tuesday uh-huh. um, And Scottish Cup still to come So good time for Richard and his fellow St Mirren fans uh, Let's hear a bit more from last night's managers, shall we? In fact, I'll tell a lie, last night's players um, We're going to hear a bit from from Ryan Christie in, in just a second This is where We're going to tap into to, to your experience Cammy, Because Fraser Forster Saved four out of his Seven penalties It's good It's not quite three in one game <laughs> To be fair uh, That's an accolade That you hold um, But it's some going isn't it Nah it's brilliant I mean he's a uh... He's some size a guy to face when you're when you're obviously stepping up for a penalty. But I mean, there's a lot it goes into penalties these days. It's not just oh the goalie guesses that away he wants to go on the on the night. Um, Stevie Woodsell went through penalty takers for Copenhagen and looked through out through them all. Um, Fraser Foster have had all the information before the game, knowing where people go. He'll look at run ups as well. Um, I think that's massive for goalkeepers now the the direction of the run up. Um, so. I mean, they'll have done a lot of homework before before actually making that save, so it all counts um, because it was a huge save for Celtic on the night. What generally goes into it, and I, I accept it's different goalkeepers might vary. Yeah, I mean, take yourself for instance, or other goalkeepers. Will you always pick a side first, or, or will some goalkeepers always wait, or, or is it a mixture of of both? Honestly, uh, this this. Time where football is at the moment um, Goalkeeper analyse the, the striker The penalty taker for the opposition So they'll kind of know what what side they like to, to take the penalty But they'll also look at the run-up For me it's something that's massive You you look at the run-up of a player And I think you can determine from their run-up Of which way the player's going to go um, So I mean Fraser Foster he, he's got a fingertip on it So it was a phenomenal save It was, it was going right in the corner So um, you've got to take your hat off to him for, for the actual save But there is a lot of research goes into these uh, these penalties these days And it's a bit of cat and mouse Because players also know that you're looking at them Four out of seven is clearly a very good ratio Even I know that But yep. I wonder if you guys have got a, a Sort of expectancy level how, how, What sort of ratio would you expect to save or hope to save I know you want to save them all But realistically I mean it just depends How many you face in a season It was obviously When I saved three penalties In one game The next penalty I faced I was expected to save it And I did actually save it um, Martin Boyle We were playing Hibs I was at Dundee United And we were playing Hibs and So you got, saved four in a row They then got a penalty three in one and, game. and then I saved Martin Boyle's Was the next penalty But it was that expectation I felt on myself That you're expected to save a penalty Whereas you shouldn't save a penalty If you look at the size of the goal And how close the ball is I mean They should score for me most times um, But no I think 
That's that's a phenomenal record. Four out of seven is a phenomenal was there, record. Was there a particular player who always scored a penalty against you? Um, oh, that's a good question, Hugh. Um, I genuinely can't think on the spot. I've I've, I've conceded many penalties as well, <laughs> but I can't think of a particular player. Um, what about is, how much does confidence actually play a part then? Because Fraser Foster's clearly on this run. He yeah. he must fancy himself. And you've just said from your own experience, you produced that unbelievable afternoon where you saved three in one game. Yeah. Did, and you felt like you were going to save the next one. Does yeah. that does that play a part? Just like a striker in front of goal. Oh, see, see, on the one when they got the third penalty that day at Dunfermline, I knew I was going to save the third one. Um, just because of as you say, momentum. I was confident. Um, I'm presuming that the guy that was facing me Because they had three different penalty takers that day I'm presuming he didn't fancy taking it either Because I'd already saved two um, So The psychology it, yeah, comes it's, into it's it huge. Yeah, the psychology is huge And even the penalty last night that Fraser Foster saved It was a lot of pressure on the striker to go and score that um, So again, goalkeepers can't generally lose very much on a penalty If you concede a penalty you never really looked at As if you should have saved it um, But there's there's... There's a lot of work goes in it nowadays, especially at that mm. elite level of where Celtic are. So when when you faced the three from Dunfermline, did you have an idea of all three of those takers no. and which way they were going to put? No. What was the process? And because then I guess you're second guessing yourself. You go right, I went that way the first time. Yeah. Is he going to go? What, what what was that that game like? Listen, when you when you face three penalties in a in a game, there's a, a factor of a luck and an involvement of luck in it. But again, it was looking at the run ups. That was one of the things I remember in the second penalty. I looked at the run up, um, managed to go the right way, and then again the third one. It was it was it was similar. I, I looked at the way they shaped up to which side they were probably going to go in, um, and then you you make that decision to go to that side early, like Fraser Foster did early. Uh, last night If you watch him He moved Sort of A fraction of a second Before he yeah, hit he did, it yeah. To give his still that chance Of getting the one That's right in the corner So But I mean For me Fraser Foster he, he, He's Penalty Saves a season Have been phenomenal I'm, I'm sure he'll continue it As well Because I'm not I don't think many people Will fancy taking one against yeah, him I mean Ryan Christie says The Celtic players Always believe That he's going to save a penalty yeah. It was him that denied Copenhagen that winner um, As we, we mentioned earlier VAR played a part With Christie punished For the handball we kind of felt in control the first half and we were kind of counter, counter-attacking on them very, very well. Second half, we kind of lost that um, dominance of the, of the football and didn't really manage to get hold of it as much, which was kind of frustrating. Um, but again, we, we got the goal and we didn't get beat, so um, you know that's what we're looking to do going into this match. And with the penalty instant, uh, big thanks to Fraser Forster. Yeah, yeah, I went straight up to him after the game to thank him. Um, you know, it's... It's incredible that amount of penalties he saved. Um, every time somebody steps up, you've actually got confidence in to, to save it. So that's um, you know pretty strange to, to have that. But um, look, obviously I knew it kind of to hit my hand. Um, you know I'm honest enough to, to say that. But um, you know, I don't think there's much I can really do about it at all. I'm, I'm so close to him, and then you know the, the yellow card now is the frustrating thing because you know, the referees booked me for sending deliberate handball. It's something not deliberate, and now I'm the one that kind of misses out yet again. And just on the subject of. V-A-R-Q We've had a, a message in from Nico Who wanted to, to query the fact that In his mind There was a, a hand used Accidentally But, but a hand mm. used by a Copenhagen player In the build up to their goal yeah. um, I noticed it last night But the three of us Have taken a, another look at it as well And yeah, I mean it kind of does I'm not really sure how you could argue yeah. otherwise I just wonder what the What the VAR process is Or, or why that process wasn't implemented Because it seems like goals were, Are something that, that generally always get Get yeah. reviewed uh, And it's a, an obviously contentious Incident 
um, But it's escaped the referee's notice End of the day Celtic played very well Rode their luck at times in the second half They have the away goal They have Celtic Park And the 60,000 at their back On Thursday night uh, Momentum should be with them At the risk of sounding like a broken record I would like to know about uh, Scott Brown's yeah. availability For that game I think he is essential does Nico who got in touch have a, a point there Cammy? We, we watched it back now There is absolutely no chance the Copenhagen player means it The yep. same way that yep. Ryan Christie didn't But we also know that this year if you If the ball hits your hand in the lead up to a goal Regardless of where the hand is or anything like that There's supposed to be a sort of zero tolerance on it Yeah it's uh, Again for me that's one of the reasons I don't like VAR Football's not perfect and and probably don't want it to be perfect But when you do look at that and I would say it's still the same phase of play um, When he handballs it So technically if you're you're looking at that that goal again It it probably should be a free kick for Celtic Um, As I said I don't don't think Ryan Christie's one's a a handball If that happens in the SPL I don't think we're talking about it as, as long as we are now um, and it probably just goes mm. by and says Well it was an accidental handball And we just get on with it um, But obviously bringing VAR in It brings a different element to it Right it's time to see the teamwork Between Hugh Keevans and Cammy Bell Because we've got a full time teaser coming up You'll be pleased Or maybe not You should be pleased to know There is a goalkeeping theme oh, wow. To tonight's full time teaser And we're going to speak to Alistair in Corker Hill next He wants to talk about One of this week's most contentious Talking points in Scottish football We'll get to him next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Road Accident Solicitors The compensation you deserve when you've been sidelined Talk to Thompson's.com We're about to speak to Alistair in Corker Hill Hugh Evans and Cammy Bell They'll need to get their heads together And try and come up with the answers to this full-time teaser Now to explain the full-time teaser to anyone who's never heard it Perhaps Cammy Bell included The listeners send in the questions And you two have to come up with the answers between now and the end of the show So we must thank Stephen Bogue for sending this one in I don't even know if he knew you were on the show tonight This one arrived today Hot off the press Since 2009-10 season 10 goalkeepers have had at least 30 clean sheets in Scotland's top flight. It does not include those who are currently at the old firm. So since the 2009-10 season, 10 goalies have had at least 30 clean sheets in Scotland's top flight. It does not include those currently at the old firm. Jamie McDonald. It's a random one for you to go to first, but you're absolutely right. That that was in my mind as well. Well done. Any more that spring to mind? Joe Lewis. Yes, you get 49. So it goes without saying, Gordon, Bain, McGregor have all got way yep. more than that, but not including them. Um, how many do you think you've got? Darren Randolph. I don't know. No 30. Well, I'll put you out of your misery and tell you. <laughs> 29. <laughs> You're one off. You don't make the list. <laughs> Darren yeah. Randolph. Yep. Yeah, 31. What a keeper he was. He was very good. Okay, we'll leave it there Jamie McDonald, Joe Lewis and Darren Randolph I'm not going to lie, Cammy. I was expecting you to get more than Hugh So you need need to get thinking Uh, You can play along with us as well on Twitter At Clyde SSB Watch this, Hugh, for a a seamless transition It's Dundee United 1, Inverness 0 James Keatings is playing for Inverness tonight And Alistair wants to talk about James Keating's diving ban How are you, Alistair? Uh, Good evening, Gordon I'm fine, thanks Good evening to you, Hugh and Cammy as well Hi, Alistair Evening 
Aye, aye. Can I make a couple of points just before I ask the main question? Go on, oh, I was at the, the reserve game with St Mernon Hearts on Wednesday and Hearts won 3-2. And I was at Fir Park on Tuesday night. I was at Rugby Park on Wednesday and it was at Ibrox last night. Huh. Aye, and I seen 27 goals in the four games I attended. I'm just going to change your name to Alistair Goals then. On this, aye, you, you I, I, I was glad to, glad to see a few games because I was down at Wolverhampton last Friday. In the last two games I was in England with Burnley and Arsenal that game ended nothing neat so it was a pleasure to see all these goals going on up in Scotland Tell us the story I mean are you are you a football tourist are you some sort are you some sort of secret scout are you able to tell us why you go to so many football games Just just born a football freak Gordon and I've been Said through the divorce course Because my ex-wife says she, It wasn't a hobby with me It was an obsession <laughs> I shouldn't laugh by the way I'm sure it was, it was oh, Sorry I, I got over it quickly So it's no problem You something to laugh at You old dramatic It's like being in the studio With Gordon DL All over again Anyway Alistair What was your main point? Oh, there's Gordon I think oh, uh, I, Regarding James Keane What do you think of this the situation that the booking's going to smell the booking turned into a side and off is now going to stand he's going to miss the cup final I once had an opportunity chance for a player although he's been my hubs and Celtic it might be the last chance he gets again a cup final and that's happened to him I think it's ridiculous and more research should have been put into that before they decided against giving them the non-go ahead for this game I've been looking forward to hearing your verdict on this Hugh Evans. I hate to witness a, a straightforward miscarriage of justice And this is a straightforward miscarriage of justice It is never in a million years a dive He has been wrongly punished by the referee Who has made a complete mess of it And it's gone before a panel Who have compounded the felony How people can look at that and decide that it, it was simulation Is beyond me and, you know, I agree with every word that Inverness Cali Thistle have said. Even getting into the phraseology of the the dogs in the street, no, this was not uh, a, a dive. Um, they are entitled to their anger. They will be denied one of their important players in a, a cup final. But I'm just taken aback by an appeal system that has gone so horribly Horribly wrong It is a miscarriage of justice Cammy, have you spoken to anyone in the game Player, former player, manager Whatever it may be Anyone who can understand it No, absolutely not I I, I really feel for James as well I know him, I played with him And um, as the caller said It might be his last opportunity to play in a cup final um, And and for it to go to a panel and make that decision I, I really... We'd like them to explain how they've came to that decision um, Because any footballing person uh, Comes to the other decision that, that it's, it, it's, it's not a yellow card And it should be rescinded And they should be able to play in the cup final If there is a, a written judgement, Cammy, I would ask that it be published yeah. For for general consumption So that people can Maybe stick it in the football museum at Hamden as well, well yeah. does, does, James, look. does James Keaton get an explanation? Does like It's obviously to do with him personally So does does he get an explanation off the panel To say look this is why we've came to this decision Probably not I don't think Because it's it's such a terrible decision But Sometimes um, I'm weary of hyperbole It could have started a riot This is the worst ever blah, blah, blah. But This is but this is the worst ever This is poor <laughs> This really is poor. desperately really poor. poor And Might it Might it be a tipping point Hugh Might it, Might this be a watershed moment for 
the disciplinary procedure because let's, we've seen we've seen refereeing mistakes, right? Uh-huh. Loads of them, really, really bad mistakes. But if we're honest with ourselves, in the heat of the moment, at full speed, these things happen. But the real shock here is that the the, the panel has looked back at that yeah. with fresh yeah. eyes, with composure, and still ruled that it's a dive. Also. Maybe a, a blessing in disguise If you like That it's miles away from The usual partisan nature of these things You know that if it's if it's against Rangers All the Celtic fans will agree And the Rangers fans will disagree And, and you get it vice versa And that dominates a lot of the footballing discussion yeah. here But this is little old Inverness Up there in the Highlands And yet the whole Footballing family if you like that The full country has sort of rallied round To say this isn't right Something needs to well, be done Leanne Dempster's come out uh, Stuart Robertson was was already wanting refurb of the system. Alan Burrows, uh, you know, you're seeing a real groundswell of opinion that something needs to change. You now cast a shadow over the entire system, because people will say, "Well, if they can't get that right, what will they get right?" And therefore, you've now cast a shadow over every appeal hearing that takes place. It is beyond human understanding. It is a miscarriage of justice. Uh, it is a liberty where James Keating's is concerned and, well, when people talk about it making a mockery of the game and a laughingstock of Scottish football on a very, very temporary basis and in the midst of such a fantastic week that Alistair was talking about with goals galore and prestige rising across the board... It just reflects badly at the, at the end of what has been a terrific week Alistair, here's the bit that I'm a bit torn on And I don't think this is going to happen by the way It looks like he is out But there have been calls for you know the Scottish FA to just see sense Realise that this is an unbelievable decision Sort of rip it up, let him play in the final And I get that because it's a horrific decision But I, I'm also a bit torn because Would that be a can of worms to every other club Who feels like they've been wronged by a decision? That would possibly be the case, Gordon, if they did do it. But for goodness sake, I think common sense bracket for once should prevail. Cammy, what do you, what do you think of that? Because, like I say, I'm torn. I, I, I can see both sides. 100%. I think they, they should make the decision and let the player play. Um, it's so harsh on James Keatons. And, and for me, the, the system isn't working. If they're make, coming to decisions like that, the system isn't working. So we need to change it. So why not, as, as the caller says, make a common sense decision, overturn it? Let them play in the final And then let's review our system Yeah Hugh what do you, you think? think Even even if uh, the, the panel Had gone back In the, the wake of The furore that this has caused Even if they went back and looked and thought Do you know what We've got this wrong They can't admit it mm-hmm. They can't admit it because they're then um, Making a fool of themselves So we've just got A mess A mess of their creation And the player and his club are stuck with it But at least Inverness Have just equalised <laughs> And guess who scored No Jordan White Yeah, But it was James Keatons Who put the corner Come in on, yep. So there we go He's he's taking it well As for tonight's game anyway It's pouring at Tannadice Dundee United won Inverness won Thank you to Alistair and Corker Hill Let's talk to Brian in Stirling Hi Brian Good evening panel Hello Good evening uh, I just wanted to talk about A few things Over the last few months I've not been I've been offshore As you know And, and then I've been tied on And the, the show's been uh, Dealing with some points That um, I've actually thought about I was actually thinking 
about the way that Neil Lennon has matured into possibly as good a manager as he could ever have hoped to be. And I take you back to the original... Um, we, we spoke to you at the end of the Scottish Cup final, which saw the treble treble and the, the shock waves that like, he's been given the, the job full time at Celtic Park. That's it, it's done and dusted. Uh-huh. There was a few people, Celtic fans, some of them, which have been won over. There was a few people in the press who really should know better and a few pundits who should know better. The, the 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 overall writing point was that his maturity in the, in the job for me is incredible because he's proven that if something isn't working and, and I mean treble trebles you know don't happen I know that Brendan Rodgers had a big part of that um, but they don't happen because that's an impossibility almost and we've proven that down through the time but he's come in he's played a certain system. And he's decided in the second half, now he's two points in front of Rangers when we will beat Hugh on the 29th uh-huh. with a game to play. And he's decided that that wasn't good enough. That was two points better off than the season before. And I had a wee chat with you, Hugh, that when we come back for Dubai, we're a better team. When we come back, well, I don't know why. And, and I'm, I'm so glad that nobody goes out there and does the whole sort of like, why does this happen? I don't know. But for me, his maturity bringing these players who are players, you know, the boys that were brought, brought in in January, they guys are not pushing hard enough to get in, but does it make the players that are in play better? Mm. Does it bring Edward, whose season has been fabulous, and I'm so glad you said something earlier on to you, that he's the best and most influential player since Henrik Larsson. Mm-hmm. Pray God we can keep him for next season, and I tell it at 10, but my point, and I'm, I'm wanting to ask you, do we still have a title challenge? We've well, I'm just going to put that to, to Hugh, Brian, just, you, you've covered a lot of ground, so let's try and get yeah. Hugh's thoughts. Arithmetically, of course, uh, there is still a title challenge, because arithmetically, Rangers can catch and overtake Celtic. Uh, I am on record um, in the aftermath of the Kilmarnock defeat for Rangers as saying that I believe that that was just a, a defeat too far uh, and that I don't think they will catch Celtic. However, if it happens, I'll take it uh, as I frequently have to do. Uh, but uh, <laughs> with regard to Neil Lennon, uh, Neil Lennon took over from someone that some supporters regarded as the Hollywood appointment. And they felt that Neil Lennon was a downgrade from Hollywood. Uh, He took over a job in which he had everything to lose and nothing to gain. But he did it because he's Celtic. And he has won since then eight in a row, got over the line in the wake of Brendan Rodgers going to Leicester. He got the treble treble over the line by virtue of beating Hearts in the cup final and he's won the first trophy of this season. In Europe, the performances are very good and he may yet be in the last 16 of the Europa League by the time I come back here on Friday. I look at him now and I see a different guy. I don't see someone on the touchline who once danced the Fandango with Ali McCoist at the end of a Celtic Rangers game. Uh, I see 
a middle-aged man, if you like, uh, who has grown into management and is now doing a, an extremely good job for Celtic domestically and in Europe. He deserves all credit. Right, we're running a bit late for this next break So thank you to Brian in Stilling We'll leave that one there We need to see what you two have got on the teaser Since 0910, 10 goalies At least 30 clean sheets in Scotland's top flight Not including those at the old firm Jamie McDonald, Joe Lewis and Darren Randolph So far, Cammy. Uh, Al Manis Yes, he's top actually oh, 58 yeah. Good Jamie shoot. Langfield Yep, he's not far behind on 50 Clangers. Oh, clangers. Clangers Is he in there? That, yeah Any more for any more? Xander done it yet? Xander Clark? Yes, he's in 35 Okay, we'll get the rest of those answers next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The league leader for compensation Talk to Thompson's.com into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Evans and Cammy Bell are here They're actually teaming up quite nicely on the full-time tees They've not fallen out yet um, Big thanks again though to Stephen Bogue for sending the question in If you, you want to hear your questions used in the show You need to send them to fulltime at Clyde1.com So tonight it's since 2009-10 10 goalies have had at least 30 clean sheets in Scotland's top flight but it does not include those currently at the old firm. So you've got Alan Manis, Jamie McDonald, Jamie Langfield, Joe Lewis, Xander Clark, Darren Randolph. Thomas Cherney was the other one I thought of. Yes, 42 for Hamilton and Thistle. Who was it that the United when you were there, Cammy? Um, or who did you succeed or who came after you? Well, it won't be who came after because they're not no, really no, been. It wasn't that long up, ago um, and they're not been up. Who was before me? Uh, I can tell you, Dundee United is is one is is a good place to start, um, but but good bit before your time. Hmm. When did you join there? That was only a couple of seasons ago, uh, wasn't yeah, it? About uh, three, three, four nah, seasons before ago. that. Yeah. Nah, no, nah, I'll need to think of that. One. Okay. The only thing I'll say to steer you in the right direction, I think you might get it off this. You're still looking for one Scott, right? And then two other non-Scots. Is the non-Scot Dundee United? Yeah Yes One um, of them Okay Okay uh, Let's start previewing some of tomorrow's action Hugh Our Friday nights have, have changed a little bit Because we've got Europa League We don't get as much time to, to focus on tomorrow's action First and foremost I hope, I hope the rain goes away And allows us to get some football We should have some at the Foy Stadium in Hamilton though Because it's an astral pitch um, We shouldn't get the whole waterlogged situation So Hamilton against Motherwell Motherwell coming off an absolute epic at Fir Park during the week. These are the thoughts of Stephen Robinson. He says Jake Carroll will miss the rest of the season yeah. due to an Achilles injury, so they're counting the cost after Tuesday. But on a brighter note, and this could be a very bright note, David Turnbull not far away from a return to action. We picked ourselves up on the Wednesday, spoke about it. I've been Motherwell manager for quite a while now, and there's always a period in the season. There is always a period in the season where things don't go quite your way, things go against you. It's usually around about October, between October and December. So we've managed the last until February before we've had a little spell. So the, the quicker we come out of it, the better. We've got a lot of points on the board. We're still joint third. And there's a lot to play for, you know. And we're being punished for mistakes as well as well as injuries. We're being punished very much for mistakes. So we can control that. We control what we do. We can tweak things slightly coaching-wise and in terms of don't be too predictable. So we'll do that. We'll do our bit. And you just hope for a little bit of luck to change. And I'm convinced it will. Do the positive bit first, Hugh. I don't think 
there's no there's no club out with and maybe even Celtic if you look at what they were trying to do in the summer but pretty much every club in Scotland would be delighted to be able to welcome a player like David Turnbull back sure. for the, the run into the end of the season sure but dealing with the here now uh, if your mother will uh, you can pride yourself on making it 4-2 4-3 4-4 you can also worry about yourself because you allowed it to be 4-1 for St Mirren at one stage in the game uh, what will be will be with Motherwell I couldn't promise you which version will turn up at Hamilton tomorrow because they've been through the emotional ringer this week I do know that if you're Brian Rice you take notice of Hearts going off tonight and thinking if we could win tomorrow it moves us even further away from Hearts and increases the pressure on Daniel Stendel because there's nothing he can do about it his team aren't playing this weekend and they have that Edinburgh derby looming so if you're Brian Rice you really want Anaki's win to further intensify the heat on Daniel Stendel and everyone associated with Hearts yeah Daniel Stendel's got a lot of pressure and he's, he's openly came out and admitted it that he, the pressure are on Hearts and they're in a a really sticky position at the moment they need to start picking up points and wins um, draws aren't going to be enough at this, at this moment in time but you're right Brian Rice will be That'll be his uh, team talk tomorrow. Yeah. I'll be like, let's let's put a bit of distance between ourselves and Hearts. We've got the opportunity. Let's take the opportunity. But Motherwell have been on the back of a tough game as well on Tuesday night. So it's, it's all in Hamilton Aki's you know favour the, at the, the moment. The old feeling, Cammy. You know, better to have the points on the board than yep. the games in yep. hand. Hundred percent. Yeah, and and in particular the race for third as well. So Aberdeen and Motherwell are both on forty-one points. Motherwell do have a game in hand to come on Tuesday against St Mirren. Um, Aberdeen at home to Ross County tomorrow. You know, you're trying to second guess things. Stephen Robinson probably expects Aberdeen to pick up three points there, yeah. and therefore he'll be looking for the same in Hamilton. But for years now, you've never really known what to expect from the Ackies. They might be down the bottom. But they, I mean, they went to Fir Park and won in the previous derby, so it'll be an interesting one. It's going to be a great game. I mean, Motherwell are in a good place uh, until obviously Tuesday night, and they conceded a lot of goals on Tuesday night, which Stephen Robinson will not be happy about. But they've been in good form in the in the league, and the and they'll be delighted in the position they're in at the moment. So, um, as you say, Stephen Robinson will be looking at that third um, spot at the moment, and and knowing that Aberdeen will be looking to pick up three points, so he knows he needs to go Ackies and and try and get them three points. Yeah, a couple of other big games like we mentioned Aberdeen, Ross County, Hibs, Livingston And Sunday of course sees St Johnston, Rangers and Celtic, Kilmarnock We'll be keeping an eye on some of the championship games tomorrow as well It could be late decisions on a few of them Because as we know, um, it's been a bit ropey with the weather in the last couple of weeks um, Just want to end the show, Hugh, by saying all the best to everyone kicking off the SWPL season It kicks off tonight, in fact it's underway Celtic women against Glasgow City So always an exciting um, night, the first game of the new season But a new era as well, perhaps with the likes of Celtic and Rangers going professional And we watch with interest to see how that will revolutionise the women's game in Scotland Yeah, I think there's going to be live coverage of one per week Yeah, online I think, yep. Um, so it's a, a big breakthrough uh, And uh, I wish everyone concerned very well uh, And also a major landmark for Scottish football There's a vegan kiosk opening at Celtic Park on Sunday So whatever happened to Pies and Bobro Now there's a vegan kiosk 
I did see that as well uh, It is nil-nil at the moment actually Between Celtic women and Glasgow City So we'll keep an eye on that one Throughout the course of the evening But it's almost time for us uh, to say goodbye You've got a couple more on the teaser Any uh, inspiration? Zaluska? No But you're in the right sort of era Try to think if he came Oh was he before He was either in he was either immediately before or after I just can't remember which one I think he was Slovakian Or Slovenian What about the Scott? Scott, I know that See really the clubs this guy's played for as well Really annoying me um, Kilmarnock He's played with Kilmarnock St Mirren Craig Sampson Motherwell There we go Craig Sampson Right, the other two um, Right, the, the other one that's not the Dundee United one He split his 31 clean sheets between Hearts and St Mirren Initials no. Initials uh-huh. M.K Not Scottish No Marion Kello Oh Marion Kello And the last one Dundee United I think you'll get this Off the initials Oh no 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 We've been here before With these initials On Beat the Pundit And I'm glad <laughs> it's the end Of the show D.P Oh yes I do know But I can't remember His name Go on, tell me Dusan Pernas Pernas ah. Cammy Bell Thank you very much for joining us It was a pleasure to have you Hugh Keevans Good to see you As always We'll see you tomorrow At 2 o'clock We'd love for you all to join us GBX Friday is up next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors The form team for compensation For more than 40 years Talk to Thompsons.com